All right, it's Saturday night in 1993, and I'm turning on the TV. Oh man, Snick! Hell yeah! That's right, the season premiere of Writer's Bagel Basket. We're doing Snick, so you know what that means. It's in the basket, the Writer's Bagel Basket. Nickelodeon has staked a claim for you. Primetime Saturday nights are yours. Snick, every Saturday night on Nickelodeon. Tear me apart, Lisa! David, do you take Patrick? Everything is going to be all right. I was thinking maybe the king and I. Uh, how about Oklahoma? I don't consider myself a particularly ethical person, but I am fair. Don't be mean. We don't have to be mean. Because remember, no matter where you go, there you are. Hello, and welcome to Season 6 premiere of Writer's Bagel Basket. I am Scott Curland, and if you are unfamiliar with this podcast, every month I have a guest co-host join me to do a different theme. We are talking about Not Your Average Saturday Morning, and we are doing Not Your Average Snick today with a three-peat Miss Kendra Beltran. Woo! Round of applause. <laughs> yeah, you, you've been on the most in under a, a, a year like for a, a returning guest you had your first appearance in march and this is your third appearance and i'm probably gonna ask you to come back for for 90s november <laughs> oh well of course 90s is my thing yeah I, I feel like if i don't have you on for 90s november you'll probably never speak to me again i i mean i get really upset when people do things and they like don't ha- I, I feel like i'm an expert in it i feel like i could teach a class in 90s but you know <laughs> so I asked if you would do SNCC and you and I each picked two blocks of SNCC. Can you explain to everyone what SNCC is? SNCC was Saturday Night Nickelodeon where they would put their biggest and best shows, four of them from 8 to 10 p.m. before Nick at Night started. And it was just two hours of amazingness. I mean, they had Rugrats, they had all that. It was just a phenomenal time for children because we couldn't go out and party on Saturday night. And even when we got older, if we were nerds, we were probably still watching Snick into our teens. I know I was. Yeah. So my my biggest problem with Snick is the spelling because it's supposed to be Saturday Night Nickelodeon. Shouldn't it be two N's? It should be S-N-N. I-C-K, right? Snick? It should, but they probably couldn't get that many letters to fit on the screen for them. So, you know, aesthetically, it looks better with the one. I, it's I all know. about the aesthetics. I know. Uh, and You're right. you picked, obviously, if anyone's listened to Kendra's podcast, Crushgasm, you know how much she loves 90s. And... It's really obvious of your two choices that you you would pick. (laughs) And if you've listened to this podcast before, it's really obvious my two choices. So we're going to do Kendra's two first. Um, We're going to start with Rugrats. Yeah, I I I paused so I could put in the the the. 
Um, and you picked, so this episode, I totally forgot. This might be the best episode of Rugrats because it has my two favorite segments. Ooh. I just picked it because it was Susie Carmichael's first appearance. And we have to pay respect to Susie Carmichael, one of the best characters ever. Yeah. Honestly, anything Cree Summer did. Yes. I wish I wanted to do As Told by Ginger, but she's a little later. So and I don't think she's part of Snick. So. No, she I was on the Ginger. Sunday the Sunday yeah. afternoon when they like tried to do Sunday dinner Snick. Oh. Yeah. Like, Ginger's like, a little later, another day, but... For for now, Susie Carmichael is winning. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, we did last year for Shocktober. We did uh, what we do in the shadows, the Wellness Center, and Chris Summers in that episode. She plays yeah. an '80s cult leader vampire. That makes a lot of sense. And I see that for her. Why don't you give us? So you're gonna have to do the TV guide rule for every episode. Okay. So what what would TV Guide say about this episode of Rugrats? This episode of Rugrats features Meet the Carmichaels, where we meet Susie Carmichael, a new toddler in town, and she is wondering, where is her room? She just moved to this new house, but she can't find her room. And in the second segment, The Box, where we find out the magical wonders of what toddlers and babies think about when they get a cardboard box. <laughs> um. I also call that the dementia episode. <laughs> it's, I, it's so good. I was like, ta- I watched it at work and I got in the car. My husband picked me up and I was like, I was like almost in tears because I was like, they wrote so well the perspective of freaking babies. <laughs> like, it's just so good. I Hats off to glass skin. So I'm trying to figure out. I'm pretty sure the Carmichaels are supposed to be, and I really don't want to say who they're supposed to they're be. They're supposed to be the beep show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they're supposed to be Claire and Huxtable. <laughs> yes. But, yeah, well. They could also be, they could also be the Winslows. Yeah, because, I mean, they're Because Susie's haircut is, is very similar to... The one that uh, the sister, the Winslow sister, who they made disappear in season three. <laughs> yeah, I think they were probably going for just that stereotypical black family sitcom family. But the dad, I think the Rugrats is, they say it's set in L.A., which makes sense. He works for the Dummy Bear show. And mom's a doctor. She probably works at Cedar sinai or UCLA Ronald Reagan. Well, she's not just a, a doctor. She's a doctor. She is a sculptor. She is an artist. She probably built the house. (laughs) I know. She's just making Dee Dee feel like crap the entire time. I'm surprised they stayed friends with the Carmichaels. Yeah, and I think the reason why I like the Carmichaels so much is because Ron Glass plays the dad. And Ron Glass was Harris on Barney Miller, and he was Shepard Book on Firefly. I was thinking if they did like a live action version of the Rugrats, they would get that guy. I'm going to mess up his name. Giancarlo Esposito. from Juan Carlo Esposito. Yeah, that guy. I was like, he looks just, that could be him. They did a live action. He'd be so good. I was thinking also they could, um, because Juan Carlo would be a good one. Um, Who was I thinking of? I was, I was thinking of Jerry Minor. 
He is the a band comp- god. No. Oh no. <laughs> the American no. Idol. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, Jerry Miner was. He he was a comedy actor. He was on a few seasons of SNL back in the early two thousands. Um, he was on Community. He played the custodian who uh, trained Troy how to be like a Goodwill Hunting style custodian. I'm he, like blinking on him. Yeah, if you Googled him, you would you would recognize him probably. Um, but yeah, Juan Carlos Esposito is a really good choice. And yeah, also, and, he always plays a bad guy. And this guy, he, Randy Carmichael Michael cannot stand Stu and all those dang questions. Because I don't know why Stu's like such a big, like, super fan of him. Maybe because he wants to, like, make the dummy bear toys. That's what I was Probably, thinking. Probably. That's what I would go with. But the other thing is, it's it's a 40-year-old man who's obsessed with its <laughs> cartoon show. And it makes sense for us to be in our 30s because we grew up with it. But I think Stu and Dee Dee are like, maybe, I don't know, was the dummy bears like a new, new thing for like Tommy? Okay. Yeah, I I think they're supposed to, well, they're they're totally supposed to be the Care Bears, but also the Gummy Bears was a cartoon show. And I mean, that was pretty old. So maybe it was something that Stu grew up with. Because I mean, I'm still obsessed with things from when I was little. So if I met somebody who like made the tiny tunes, I'd probably ask them a lot of questions. I so I went to Boston Fan Expo, Boston Comic Con uh, a few weeks ago um, and got COVID. (laughs) But uh, uh, one of the co-creators of Courage the Cowardly Dog was there. And uh, my brother-in-law grew up watching that and he was freaking out uh he wasn't freaking out he was just very happy um (laughs) but he got to meet someone that he grew up watching and didn't know how important this person was and i was about to have that experience but the it was joe quesada who basically is mr marvel and then he canceled (laughs) oh he went home early because he got covid (laughs) oh god did he yeah it, oh no yeah so i was like Ugh. maybe you got it from him he wasn't even there Aww. yeah that sucks and the person that i didn't get to meet besides that was will Friedle. oh eric yeah every time i went in his line he would go on a break Oh my God, that happened with me and Mara Wilson at 90s Con. I waited so long. I even went to an, like another panel thing while she was doing her like paid photo ops, came back, still wasn't back. I was like, I just want my freaking book signed. Oh my God. <laughs> Finally got it. <laughs> Dang, that was a long line. Yeah, I mean, Cree Summer is another one that every time I would go to, so I went to Rhode Island Comic Con like maybe five years ago and she had such a long line i'm like i'm never gonna get to meet Cree summer and i didn't <laughs> well it's because she's so popular i mean she's Susie freaking carmichael who in yeah. this episode um, I, I forgot how annoying Susie kind of was in the beginning <laughs> she's well she's like the anti-angelica in the long run but in this episode I me mean, we're just meeting her and she is a little confused i would be too because she sees everything in the house except her freaking room and i just gotta say like these movers were the worst movers ever you gotta <laughs> like, lift with your you gotta lift with your knees 
I was like, oh my God. Um, we always talk, I think in hindsight, we always look at how the parents were oblivious, but I think it's like all adults. And I don't know if that's saying like, that's how babies see the world. Yeah, I, th I think it's supposed to be that. Uh, the other thing is there, I forgot how many like really old jokes there were. Uh, some of them were more adult. Like I didn't pick up, we'll talk about it in, in the box episode, but in this episode, they kept making a paid in place joke, which do you, do you know what paid in place was? Mm -mm. It was first, it was like an old movie. Um, but then it was like a, a TV show, like what they did with paper moon. And it's like, if you know, if you get the joke, it's like, Oh, you're 70. Like <laughs> it, it's a joke that you shouldn't get. And I only <laughs> knew it because my, my grandparents like loved the movie paid in place. <laughs> <laughs> they're like if you're watching well if you're watching snick with like your grandparents and they're waiting for nick at night maybe this was something they could teach you yes and how about the fact that they bought a house that was on an old indian burial ground in the middle of la or wherever their city is and nobody i mean they did know about it so i wonder how much it was was it a discount well that was because it was supposed to be a play on poltergeist <laughs> oh okay i just thought it was like yeah you, know, you moved the headstones you didn't move the bodies <laughs> but that was i really liked it i liked Susie's introduction of course she gets better as time goes on but well she she's reminded not in the next one <laughs> no she's not but she reminded me in this episode she reminded me so much of another Cree summer character elmira duff mm. like her her like when she comes in and she's like, I want my blah, blah, blah. I forgot what it was that that they stole from her. Also, how about the fact that they don't introduce the other three kids? They're like, there's Edwin something and something. And they, ooh, they don't. If you're over like four, you're not in the Rugrats world. <laughs> These kids don't matter. Yeah. I, I the, the most surprising thing about Susie Carmichael is she I always saw her as like the smart one. Mm -hmm. It's like I saw the show, I started watching it when I was like six or seven. And I was like, oh, she's like the smart one. And this one, I'm like, Susie, you're kind of like easily <laughs> led astray. Well, you know, like they always change a kid. They can like always change it. She gets better. She gets a year in two older. Episodes, in two episodes, <laughs> she she does the big brave dog. Like, um, see, she growth. <laughs> growth I, I, th I think they realize like, if we keep it down this path, she's everyone's going to compare her to Angelica. So we we really need a very anti-Angelica, mm -hmm. which yeah. they had that with Susie, and then they added Kimmy. And like, how many anti-Angelicas are we going to have? <laughs> I Kimmy was okay. Hmm. Yeah, take her or leave her. But at that time, I was getting a little older. Yep. So. But I did like all grown up. I have to say, I think I think when I stopped watching Rugrats was in like 97, 98. Whenever the movie came out, I was like, okay, I'm now 11 or 12. I'm, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> well, I did have to get like the Burger King watches. <laughs> Those were cool. Well, I think it was because I got the soundtrack as a gift. They're like, oh man. <laughs> And I listened to it and I was like, okay, the only good one is that Maya song. Oh, so good. Yeah. I mean, it surpasses the movie. 
who who was it? Was it Maya and like Nelly? Maya Nelly wasn't around. Maya Mace and Blackstreet. That's who it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's such a cute video, too. I love that one. <laughs> They're on all the blocks and stuff. But the other. Is, isn't she wearing box? Susie's dress? No, no. She's in like uh, lavender. They're all in like very pastel y colors. Okay. Because I thought. Like I, very baby I don't shower. know why I thought she was wearing Susie's dress. That would have been. I mean, that would have. <laughs> somebody would have had to wear the diaper and the little shirt, right. like Tommy. <laughs> They're probably like, yeah, no. <laughs> well, there is the live action. One that they did for Funny or Die. With, oh, I haven't uh, seen that. Yeah, it's uh, it's Alia Shawkat as Chucky Fenster. Oh. May Whitman is Angelica, and Michael Arangiano is Tommy Pickles, and he's flat out wearing a diaper. <laughs> All that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> okay, in this episode, Susie and Tommy can't find her room and Tommy's like the smart one Tommy is like what six or nine months old yeah he just rolled out of the womb compared to her (laughs) he's like girl I got this but maybe like Tommy's gonna go on to be like an advanced honor roll student yeah and he's like oh we should try to go to sleep because when I go to sleep I my parents would always put me in my wake up in another womb (laughs) yeah like and that made me think about like, yeah, I would always remember falling asleep as a kid in my like in the living room and wake up in my room. And then now as an adult, I was like, an adult had to pick me up to do that. That's know, not dad, cool. Yeah. And my dad loves to tell me the story of like when I got too fat to be moved from the couch to the bed. I'm like, thank you for this wonderful childhood memory of scarring me with body dysmorphia, dad. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> that that happened to me too. Like I, I would always like wake up in my room and then like there came a point when I was like <laughs> 10 or 11 where I would just feel like someone pushing me like, Scott, get up and go to bed. <laughs> get off the couch i want the couch like okay (laughs) we got we gotta watch silk stockings (laughs) like okay allie mcbeal's on (laughs) but then like do you want to talk about the box now yes i absolutely loved this this segment i totally forgot how much i loved it because now as an adult watching it all the jokes are super dirty (laughs) (laughs) i think that's the thing with nickelodeon though for so many of their shows from that time. Well, I never realized that Betty and Howard DeMille? DeVille. DeVille. I, uh, Howard had was going to... The joke was that Betty and Howard had separate things to do. She was going to her workout session uh, with, uh, with all her, I guess, female empowerment friends. And Howard and his men's group were going to an alone retreat in the middle of the woods. Yeah, that couple. I mean, even as kids, I can't, I think that was kind of our introduction to the LGBTQ <laughs> kind of community. Well, in Definitely the new version. Betty. The new yeah, version. Isn't she? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did and try to watch them. I didn't. I just uh, read the interview well, with Natalie Morales talking about it. Don't. 
it's scary. Yeah, it's I don't. Terrifying. I don't like when they take cartoons and make it like CGI. Yeah, it's creepy. That shouldn't exist. That's creepy. <laughs> it's it, it's very scary. But this episodes, I love it. I was one of those kids that loved cardboard boxes more mm-hmm. than my toys. So I definitely like related to all the babies, like kind of doing their own thing with the box. And I like seeing like I like that Phil and Lil kind of did like the opposite of what you yeah, think a little boy and girl would do. Yeah, like. Phil wanted it to be a nice house, and she wanted it to be a smelly cave. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, no, Lillian. Yeah. I, I think I was very similar with, with my box. That sounded wrong. Uh, but I was very <laughs> similar to Tommy, because I always pretended I was in a DeLorean from Back to the Future. Yeah, it was always a car of some sort. Like, you had I, the paper plate. Do you, do you remember the last time you ever did that? Because I do. I mean, I remember the most prominent time because I was, I think it was my fifth Christmas. I got like this beautiful Barbie that had like a horse and she had like Dallas Cowboy colors, but it wasn't like a Dallas Cowboy Barbie. It was just those Mm -hmm. silver and blue. And I got like a paint set. I got cheerleading stuff. And I just was like painting this box. And my mom was like, are you freaking kidding me? The the last time I did it was because I ended up getting hurt. It, oh. We had a giant, I think it was a TV box, and I didn't realize it was near the stairs. And oh. and I was in my DeLorean, and it was like, and I was like, oh, man, 88 miles per hour. And then all of a sudden, thud, 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 thud. Oh. And I, I went down like like maybe 12 stairs. And my, my mom's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. She's like, you hit your head pretty hard. No, I'm fine. Who are you? <laughs> blood just <laughs> is a home alone fail <laughs> i chase pennies <laughs> but like this is where we get to see angelica being the evil monster that she is but i i didn't know like was she being mean or was she really like i'm three or four and i don't see the beauty and the imagination anymore like that was kind of sad i was like is she being a biatch or is she like really well, i think when she she destroyed the box in Dee Dee's side and she goes, they made me do it. <laughs> that That's like the whole, like, you know, I only do this because I love you. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> <She's> like, like... <laughs> she, okay, I am convinced that Angelica Pickles is going to grow up to be Annie Wilkes from Misery. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that for her. Yeah, like she's knuck and futz. <laughs> Um, there was also a point, like, you know, like, Betty and her man were going to go do their thing, Howard, and then Chucky's dad, he's like, oh, well, I, I don't have a babysitter for Chucky, you know, the babysitters, and they're like, oh, just leave him with Stu and Dee Dee, and then when Stu and Dee Dee see them coming, they're like, oh, great, yeah, make us watch it. I was like, this but, is so shady and hilarious. <laughs> but I, I did like that Chaz Finster was like, I don't think that that's right. I don't think it's right that we always leave our kids with them. <laughs> right it's like come on what for a moment he does be the voice of reason but i was like oh again a live action version if they did that it would be such a good scene of shade yeah. <laughs> I was, but i can't think of who i want to be those characters yet i have my drew pickles that is john krasinski all day oh yeah i mean i i think i think wouldn't rudd have to be Stu pickles who paul rudd 
Oh, he would be a good one. Paul Rudd and like Bryce Dallas Howard as Dee Dee. Mm. Mm-hmm. Chaz, Chaz. Chaz could be um, the guy from Modern Family. That that's like such a given, Jesse Tyler Ferguson. But I, mean, I know what other ginger are we gonna get <laughs> that we already love? Yeah, I mean, can't give too many gingers jobs. <laughs> <laughs> I I think um, Anna Klumsky would have to be. Uh, uh, what's her name? Pickles. Charlotte. Charlotte Pickles. Mm, I could see that. Yeah, mm. Veda Sultanpuss. <laughs> Mm. Oh, <laughs> love her. Yeah, I told you that when I can't find my glasses, I always say Thomas J can't see without his glasses, right? Oh my God, we have so many bees, and I'm like, can't Thomas J? Can't Thomas J? Go, go, go! <laughs> yeah, I like how that that movie is not like I know there's children in it, but I don't know why they were like, yeah, let a bunch of like eight, nine, ten year olds watch this movie. <laughs> The thing that blows my mind is like they knew that Macaulay Culkin was going to have to be the one doing all the press for it, but they mm-hmm. set it up so he hosted SNL to promote that movie. Mm. That makes no goddamn sense. <laughs> He's like, it is a great movie. It's wholesome. I die. <laughs> They're like, what was that last part? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. I always, that's like a top 10 uh, traumatic event of a 90s kid's life. <laughs> Thomas J and the Beast. See, honestly, I can see Krasinski as Chaz, uh, not as Chaz, as Drew Pickles, but I also can see Kieran Culkin as Drew Pickles too, especially like from Succession. I just want to give John Krasinski a job, so. I think he's doing <laughs> think pretty he has- fine for himself. Yeah, I know he's going to be busy soon to do my Rugrats live action on Broadway. <laughs> but, you know. See, I think I- the hardest people to cast would be like Howard and Betty. Howard, for sure. Uh, if it was the 90s, they would have definitely just got Rosie O'Donnell. Just like tossed her in there. But now, not so much. I can't think of anyone now, but. I mean, Howard's kind of easy. You can either do like. Tony Hale, who was Buster from Arrested Development, or uh, Sean Hayes. I see. I see Buster. Yeah. Just, <laughs> I mean, Sean Hayes works too, given like their relationship. Uh, in this then episode, we cast those kids. We haven't even <laughs> talked about the Kitty Carnival. Yeah, he was like building like a connect set. Or like an off-brand one because it was not coming together. Yeah, well, I think it was supposed to be like um, an erector set. Mm-hmm. But like from the box, it looked like it was like an actual like mini roller coaster for children. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm then in the night. That's a little much for the '90s. I don't think they had that, but hey, maybe. <laughs> I mean, some of the stuff that they had in, in this cartoon, like. I think in Doug, there was one episode of Doug that like they went to the ice cream factory and and the ice cream that they had, I'm like, that ice cream wouldn't ever exist in real life. (laughs) Yeah, I think I watched the pilot of Regrets a while back with my guy and like they had like this flying drone thing. I was like in 90, like one or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I love that he's a toy creator, and but he buys other people's toys. Why didn't he just build one himself? Well, you know, I he's not a good toy creator. And I don't know how they're living in the same neighborhood as a doctor and a freaking TV writer then. 
Well, Dee Dee is a lawyer. Oh, is that? Does she have a job? Yeah. Oh, I did. She's always at home. With yeah, Dee Dee's a lawyer. She's either a lawyer or she does acquisitions for a business firm. Because there's one episode where Tommy goes with her to work. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I was always like, she's a stay at home mom. He no, she is the, the breadwinner. No, he's a stay at home dad because he's. Mm. No, she is the breadwinner in that family. Gotcha. Like he, that's why he doesn't have to work, and his you know father lives with them. <laughs> yeah, he's the follow his passion, which is yeah. very popular in the we, LA area. <laughs> Grandpa Lou was not in this episode at all. Nope, we did not see him, which yeah. is surprising. I <laughs> think he was out and about. So I was reading Screen Rants, um, uh, inappropriate jo- or it was Rankers, inappropriate jokes and in kids cartoons, and grandpa lou made the list twice oh no <laughs> yeah it was i rented you kids some videos i rented you reptar comes home oh. <laughs> reptar takes manhattan and oh space vixens from planet mars that's yes. for me <laughs> after your kids go to bed yeah i always see that one on the list and i'm like that's okay. right <laughs> that's how we know that grandpa lou likes pornography <laughs> <laughs> he's well, he never has like a lady friend. He has to do something. Uh, going to, going to the four thirty early bird special, <laughs> and then cranking one out at five. <laughs> I, so when the box breaks, when Angelica flat out destroys the box because she stomps on the box because she is a sociopath, mm-hmm. she is going to grow up to be Patrick Bateman. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, she's a Karen. Yeah. So. Tommy makes wings. Art. No, he makes a mask. Yeah, he's like in the jungle. Yeah, that does not age well. <laughs> oh, he didn't do like, you know, blackface, but <laughs> I, I was I was thinking more of, you know, cannibalism, but <laughs> Because he had the giant pot. They were literally about to cook someone. Probably Angelica. <laughs> and yeah, and then uh Chucky is the beautiful butterfly. <laughs> I have wings. That's like a fast forward to Melville, the most yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then the, the, the saddest thing have, is like, swords. Uh, Kristen Kavanaugh played played Chucky, and she she killed herself. Oh, Melville, no. <laughs> yeah. Oi, Chucky. Not great um, luck in the Finster home. Mm-mm. Yeah. And then Phil and Lil are sword fighting. They found a happy medium to their cave in their house. I love that the resolution is that he throws out. I'm guessing that this thing probably cost, you know, this is $90 and this is a big thing. This was probably like a $200 thing. I was going to say 200 at Toys R Us for sure. <laughs> Were you gonna price this right me two oh one? I was thinking too. I was thinking like one ninety nine ninety nine. Well, I remember as a kid that uh Toys R Us was the first place to get Power Ranger toys. Mm. And and you know how they always sold out. And we paid for not even the actual uh uh robot thing that they built when the the droids come together. Megazord? Yeah, the Megazord. The Megazord. Thank you, Kendra. Uh, <laughs> for the Megazord, we got like 
like a smaller inexpensive one and it was still like $45 oh because I wanted I wanted the the set that came with the 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 blasters and the um the morphin time things that they hold up mm-hmm. but they were like $75 for like Ooh. two toy guns and a you know thing that looked like a talkboy recorder that you had held <laughs> I know, my nephew, I was always like, I like Barbies, and I wasn't about to get both. My mom was like, we're not getting you all the toys. So my nephew loved Power Rangers. So I would just kind of take his toy, his Power Ranger toys, and be like, score. Because he was like three, and I was five. So I was like, he, don't, he ain't going to know it's gone. Yeah, I remember they tried to release toys for Rugrats, and they were the most bizarre, gross-looking, because they had... They had that stuffed animal head, but they had the plastic body or what? Yeah, the- or it was the plastic head and the stuffed animal body. I think like, it was a plastic head. Yeah, and then- a stuffed animal body. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is oh, so weird. I mean, I'll- they're mutant babies. They're little <laughs> X-Men babies. <laughs> I still try to figure out what's up with, with um, Phil and Lil's ears because Lil has like <laughs> earlobes that... I clearly got cut off. <laughs> they just well, dangled. They under some power. Remember the oblongs? Yes, I do. Well, that's kind of the they, they're like a neighboring town of the oblongs. Yeah, th- this this episode was batshit insane because the resolution to it is that Stu goes crazy, dumps out a hundred and fifty dollars worth of parts, and then takes his own pickles toys box and then you find out he's gonna sell these as toys (laughs) he's gonna he was like the first contestant or person on shark tank yeah he's like here mark cuban a cardboard box i'm listening (laughs) so so now we're into the 8 30 block and we have clarissa explains it all So you picked which episode? I picked, I picked, I obviously had to go with Crush. <laughs> I was going to go with a different one, but then I saw this one. I was like, well, it's my thing. So do you know which one Crush. I thought you were going to go with hmm. to go with the theme of crushes? I thought you were going to go with the one where Clarissa finally dates Sam. No, I was going to go with the one where Sam's mom comes back into town and is in the roller derby. I don't even that remember st- that one. It just sticks out for some reason. I just like Sam, so I yeah. wanted a Sam-centric, but I went with this one. I mean, Sam Gosh. kind of is Sam-centric in this one because he, you can tell that he actually had a crush on Clarissa. Oh, for sure. You don't climb in a girl's window for nothing. <laughs> yeah, so this is the crush episode. What is the what does TV Guide say for this episode? This week, Clarissa Darling finds herself enamored with the local weatherman for her first real-life crush and doesn't quite know how to go about it, these new feelings. Yeah, I know that Flip is supposed to be 
you know, the TV weatherman. But he looks a little young to be a weatherman. Like, here in Massachusetts, here in Boston, oh. you, you need to, like, all of our weathermen are grizzled old guys because our weather <laughs> is such shit. Our weather is either it's too hot or it's ice cold. There's no in between. We get, like, two and a half weeks in November. <laughs> Well, maybe they had like a hot sex because I'm from like California, but Southern California, so we have Did pretty. Did you just say sexy, a hot sex? Hot sexy, <laughs> yeah, lady. Like, yeah. So I could see him being a weatherman, and yeah. he has the perfect name. They always have crazy. Like we had Johnny Mountain in L.A. Oh no, we we had. <laughs> I think the weirdest one we had was Chicago Windler, but. <laughs> But like other than that, we had Herb Albert, um, and and uh, Chicago. Yeah, her name was Chicago. Um, but but the one that everyone loved was El Caprillion because uh, he was this guy kind of talk like Penny Marshall. But then he would be like, "There's high pressure." (laughs) I I want to see Chicago. (laughs) Chicago looked like an adult film star. Oh, see, hot sex. Yeah. Weather. But I I did like this episode, but I was a little confused. I guess when you get that first crush and you're getting new feelings, you are a little overwhelmed by them. But she was kind of like mad she had a crush. Oh, yeah. I I was never mad that I had a crush on anybody. I don't know if if they didn't like me, but. Yeah, I don't know if it was the fact that it it was Melissa Joan Hart because like now that we know that Melissa Joan Hart is like crazy. <laughs> I mean, she she's not like Candace Cameron and Kirk Cameron crazy, but but like she she's up there. She basically they showed her the new Sabrina the Teenage Witch or the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina and like they did it with her and the rest of the original cast, the guy who played Harvey was like, oh, I thought it was cool. And Beth Broderick, uh, Hilda and Zelda were like, oh, that, that was a lot of fun. And she's like, it's too dark for me. Too, too dark. And I was like, no, you mean it's too sexy for you. Like, She played a pretty sexual lady in Melissa and Joey. I th- I, I'm a, okay, a Melissa play- Joan Hart She played Stan. a free form sexy like sex positive person i've watched like all her sitcoms even no good nick on netflix which only lasted one season (laughs) it's not great but i I had to watch (laughs) the the person that like i always wanted their career to to go well was uh surprisingly mind bialik and then she's got big bang and i'm like i'm not rooting for you anymore because like you have enough money that you never have to work again and now you're doing Jeopardy. Oh, it should be Ken. Only Ken. I thought it should have been um, uh, Buzzy, Buzzy Cohen. Oh, like, you're a Buzzy. I see. Well, I, 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 I was, I was, <laughs> no, I'm saying if you're going to alternate, do, mm-hmm. do the biggest champions. So like Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, have it be Ken, and Tuesdays and Thursdays, and the specials, have it be Buzzy. Mm, I, I can accept that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, she she so I forgot how horny her parents are. (laughs) 
I feel like you either parents were either like asexual or very very horny in the 90s it was like either or because like there I can't remember the show I was watching but my husband was watching and I was like parents are like gonna like have sex like every other minute it's really wild and you don't notice that as a kid I've been re-watching Boy Meets World uh to to keep up with the Boy Meets World podcast and (laughs) and you know Alan Alan and uh, Amy Matthews have a very healthy relationship, but mm-hmm. like they horny. <laughs> I mean, they had that whole like she's going bowling, but really she was going to meet Dad for rendezvous. Right, but the kids thought she was at yeah, actually having an affair. An affair. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, and and that like that's what uh, I would always think the darling mother and father. I, we never learned their names. It's just mom and dad, right? Yeah, I don't. But like, there's a scene where where she wakes up them in bed, and like, you could tell. Oh, they were doinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that probably freaked her out because I mean, she's freaked out over like liking a human because she mentions like her first crush was like a teddy bear, an alligator. A puppy from a pet store, which I do think crushes can be on anything and anyone, but those were some strange ones. Like, I mean, I've talked about one of my crushes on your podcast. I there, there's one crush that I could literally talk about for days. <laughs> um, Was it a teddy bear? No, Teddy Ruxpin. <laughs> no, and and it wasn't Lola Bunny <laughs> because I had a lot of friends who had the biggest crush on Lola Bunny. Oh, I mean, she's like top tier. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't understand the, the inanimate objects or like anthropomorphic, you know. Robin Hood from Disney 4. Oh, my God. Uh, I, I think people also had a crush on uh, Simba. That one is that in like the, the like other Lion King where he's like darker. I, I don't understand Nala either. Yeah, people... I had a guest who the scene where the where Elton John's playing, she's like that like spoke to me and like awoken things <laughs> in me. So it's like I mean different strokes for different folks, but yeah, I never got like when it was an animal animal. It had to be more human, like Alvin. I love Chippendale were cute. But I Did you I don't see the new my... Chippendale? The new movie? I did. It's so I did. good. I, I loved it. <laughs> and they're talking about Darkwing Duck now. Oh good. <laughs> But yeah, so so the the crush, my first adult, I'll say like twenty something year old actress that I had a crush on mm-hmm. was Marissa Tomei. Okay. Um. So like that that was my Clarissa moment. Like I was like, man, my cousin Vinny, she is adorable. <laughs> but like now I. Watching this, I was like, okay, I get it, Clarissa. I, I get it. You have it, you know, a crush on Flip. And then oh. when, when she meets him, that was oh. the most heartbreaking scene in the entire episode. I know, because, like, you never, they say you never want to meet your heroes, but possibly you never want to meet your local anchorman crushes either. I actually have, <laughs> I'll tell you, but yeah, it was so sad be- I, but I was like was she disappointed he just wasn't passionate about no I, like, I think it was the fact that he just turned out to be you know a star fucker like mm. 
Just some guy. <laughs> he he went to the Pat Sajak school of game show hosting or whatever. <laughs> I think that's what pissed her off. In this episode, what pissed me off the most is when she wanted to cancel their... So this doesn't pl- take place in California because it snows. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, But she cancels their hike because he's doing his live broadcast. Uh, spoilers, Clarissa. Every weather broadcast <laughs> is fucking live. <laughs> She's don't tell, don't break her heart like that. <laughs> you dumb bastard. <laughs> <laughs> she was only a child. I, I think I think what upset me the most rewatching this again is the person who I loved watching as a kid growing up was Ferguson, and Ferguson oh. is not a shit in this one. Um, he's just kind of like, what is going on? He's kind of yeah. just being a typical brother, but not like the level of Ferguson we know. Yeah. So, so I didn't like Ferguson as a character. I liked watching her just, you know, give it back to him and torment him, mm. because I loved watching like douchey people get their just desserts. I wanted to be Sam growing up. Uh, I wanted a Sam. I was like, Jesus, that's the cute boy just coming in your window every freaking day. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. The, the the two types of people that I wanted to be like growing up were uh, Sam from Clarissa. Um, I wanted to be cool like Zach Morris, but oh, but mainly I wanted to be like Pacey Witter. Dawson? From Dawson's Creek. I've never watched. I've watched two episodes of that. Well, it was because he was Charlie Conway. And uh, as a kid, really as <laughs> a, as a kid, I I didn't know how to displace, you know, actors going from role to role. So I thought mm-hmm. that literally he was playing <laughs> Charlie Conway in Dawson's Creek, and he played Charlie Conway in Magic in the Water. <laughs> I get that. Char- oh my god, I got I met him, and he signed my Mighty Ducks VHS. It's in my office. It's oh, man. prized possession. <laughs> Yeah, I have like a Charlie Conway hoodie. I was like, oh, because Banks was my boy. He's so cute. Oh, the but cake, I was like, I got to be. The, yeah, cake eater. The cake but I eater. was like, I got to be captain. So I got the Conway. <laughs> yeah, my favorite person. Um, another crush was Julie the cat. Oh, mm-hmm. And Connie Moreau. I could see that. Yeah. She was in the new series, wasn't she? Connie was. Yeah. Julie is not and apparently they killed off gordon bombay for season two yeah he wouldn't wouldn't comply to some things but they actually it turns out that he did it was it was so he actually gave an interview with one of the producers it was the fact that he was too afraid to fly and risk getting sick so he drove from california to vancouver every weekend or every week to film the show and he Why just you just get like a room <laughs> because he also had to take care of his brother and his brother is oh, immunocompromised got you all well, then you know my husband is also immunocompromised so i respect that bombay well, his brother is charlie sheen so <laughs> oh <laughs> i'm Why trying to care of <laughs> You can get him a nurse. That is true. Well, still, hats off for the respect to your brother. Yes, and he tipped his hat. Good day. <laughs> the tiger yeah. blood. <laughs> yeah, so I understand Clarissa's crush, but I don't understand her losing her crush right, like, as soon as she meets him. Mm-hmm. Like, I had a huge crush on Natalie Portman, and 
I met her once and I, I flat out told her, like, I think you're the greatest. And she was like, oh, that's cool. Get the fuck out of my way. Like, and like, she was nicer than that. But, but that was like, that was the inflection. That was her tone. It was like, oh, that, that's very nice. And so it took you a couple of days to like be like, bye. Yeah. So that week, because she was going to school in Harvard and I was with some, you know, high school friends in Harvard Square going to the movie theater there, my favorite, The Brattle. And I saw her and I was like, I absolutely love you. I think you're the greatest. And basically her, she, in a very nice way, she was like, fuck you, buddy. Um, and then that week I saw Lost in Translation and like, Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> She is one of my husband's and one of mine. <laughs> but like, and then like a few years later, the wrestler came back. And I was like, oh, hello again. Oh, no, no. It was actually that same year in the bedroom came out. I'm like, hello again, Marissa Tomei. <laughs> yeah. well, Marissa Tomei is like a kind of a constant. For you. Yes. Um, but like, I, I understand being like so disheartened, but once again, Sam is right there. Mm -hmm. I, it's one of those things, though, where it's like your best friend. You don't want to cross those lines at that age. Yeah, plus but, she was just getting into a human crushes at the time. But so. isn't there an episode where like Sam gets a girlfriend and she gets jealous? Yes. 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 But so, I think that's more... I think I don't know if that's like a crush thing or it's just a friendship thing because you know like did you watch Pen Fifteen? I started watching the first season. Like my problem with Pen Fifteen is like they're both my age and <laughs> everyone else is a child. Get get over it because it's so freaking good. But in the second season, they have a third girl come in who tries to weasel into it, and you just three doesn't work. And I, I think that's more what it was with Sam because I, I had that happen. You're like, we can't buy best friends that have three charms. It doesn't make sense at this age. So I think maybe that's where the Sam thing was coming in for her. But, you know, yeah. I'd like to think they're together now. After yeah. college, they got back together. You yeah, know, I'd like to believe that too. Um, but the, the episode ends with her like falling in love with the sportscaster. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, at that age, it is easy to move on. Another cute face, you're just like, all right. But it's not even his face. She's like, look at the eyebrows on that guy. <laughs> I mean, I love Nick Carter's like classic 90. It's that blonde. So I, I see that. <laughs> JTT's lesbian cut. Like, just <laughs> sometimes it's just the hair <laughs> or eyebrows for her. I have a friend who loves like Zachary Quinto and it's the eyebrows. And I'm well, like... I remember during Home Improvement, uh, I think it was either People Magazine or like Us Magazine did Who Wore Better and it was a photo of JTT and <laughs> Ellen DeGeneres and they're like, who had the better, who wore the hair better? Oh, JTT all day. JTT, who I found uh, out who, did you listen to the Boy Meets World podcast? No. I know, Topanga, surprising, huh? <laughs> Topanga's first boyfriend was JTT because, <gasps> and then she dated awesome. Lance Bass. <laughs> <laughs> like she was twelve, out. she was twelve, and he was twelve, and they like held hands, and they went to craft services together. I'm like, yeah, that, that's not really a relationship, but <laughs> lucky girl. Oh, 
I mean, the, she was like the girl we all wanted to be, and she dated J. She held JTT's hand. Oh my god. Damn so it. she's so lucky. <laughs> so like this this episode ends so abruptly. Like I I feel like that's what these shows did back then. I mean, we were like no more than eleven. Usually, we didn't have good. We were like the start of the TikTok generation of short attention spans. <laughs> we're just like next. Did you ever go to Universal Studios Orlando and see the the Clarissa set? No, I never got to go to Nickelodeon Studios. It's like one of my biggest like sadnesses in life. I would always watch like What Would You Do and all. I what would what was it? The Mark Summers one. What would you do? Yeah, that one, and I would be like, oh, I want to get the pie in the face, the pie in the face. But yeah, no, my family never went to like trips. <laughs> yeah, we went. So we went once in the early no, twice in the early nineties, and the Clarissa set was up and they took us on a tour Ooh. and we got to see that. But then like when we went a few years later, they were like, Oh, we're building the set for, for a new show. And that new show was all that. Oh, so I was oh, like, cool. Oh, this is weird. Um, <laughs> but, but the Clarissa set literally is two locations. It's the kitchen and the uh, living room and the uh, and bedroom. But her bedroom was literally like up top. Oh wow! Yeah. So Sam really had to like climb a ladder. Yeah, I think oh. so. If I I remember correctly, there was there was one where there was a double platform. I couldn't. I think it was Ferguson's room. I think she did have a set that was on the ground. But oh, sounds cool. Insider info from Nick Studios, <laughs> 1991. <laughs> it was 92. We went. Yeah, or 93. 92. But I. Uh, I get to pick the next two. So our next one is The Adventures of Pete and Pete. This is still one of my favorite shows of all time. I still think this show was brilliant. And the soundtrack never, by Polaris. You've never seen it until now? I, I, this was my first time watching Pete and Pete. I know, and I will be going back. Because I, when I was little, I just was like, I don't want to watch like, these two redheads. <laughs> I don't know what it was about. But then somebody was like, no, it's kind of like coming of agey, and that's what you love. And I was like is it but i uh, i will be watching thank you so much for introducing me to it <laughs> so what is the the tv guy rule for this episode all right king of the road premiere episode of pete and pete the family is going on a road trip to the hoover dam and hijinks on the road ensue when dad meets his nemesis <laughs> which i didn't realize this but the nemesis in this <laughs> Yeah. was the dad from happily on uh yeah. happily never and then in the next one we're talking about another person from that show isn't so <laughs> i didn't even realize that i was picking two people from happily never after or unhappily ever after whatever that that uh knockoff married with children was called but <laughs> so good though but when he showed up I was like, oh my God, I totally forgot it was him. 
because I loved Pete and Pete because of the soundtrack was done by Polaris. And this is an album that I've been trying to find on vinyl forever. Um, Because like a pretentious hipster douchebag, I have (laughs) vinyls. Um, But their music is so good. Like the opening theme song was Polaris. The music Mm -hmm. that was playing, Polaris. Like every song is Polaris. So do you know why they got just this like one band for the show? It's because Michael Stipe was the producer of this show and he just had them do good bands. I always wondered how they got I know like Iggy Pop was on the show and I was always like, Why is that little leather lizard man on this show? <laughs> oh, not just Iggy Pop. Let's let's go through the list of guest uh celebrities because we did this when we did a hard days Pete, but like you had um uh, Gloria Estefan is in an no, it was BB Newworth, and I think Gloria Estefan was in an episode. Um, LL Cool J, uh, Michael Stipe, Steve Buscemi plays Ellen's dad. Like, uh, um, I think David Johansson from the New York Dolls was in an episode. Like, they got oh, Adam West is the principal of the high school. They got so many famous people to be in this show. Oh, what's her name from the B-52s, the redhead? I don't know her name, but we all know Yeah, but Tin <laughs> Roof. Rested. Rested. <laughs> yeah. She, 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 she was in an episode. Um, it's insane, like, how many famous people they got to be on the show. And then you have Jeff Pearson, who was the dad from Happily Unhappily Ever After. And he was also, wasn't he the chief of police on Dexter? I was like, Dexter, Dexter. It's the guy from Dexter. Yeah. <laughs> and and he's been in a bunch of Happy Madison production movies. like, um, But he plays Mr. Perfect. Like the the fact that Pete's dad is so obsessed with being king of rod <laughs> yeah. king of fraud <laughs> and then you find out that th- both families live in dimsdale that's the, not dimsdale uh plainsville Dims- dimsdale is fairly odd parents yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh but i think it it's plainsville is where they're from which there is actually a plainsville massachusetts <laughs> Well, is that where the show is set? I don't know. I, it does take place in the Tri-County area, so it might be Massachusetts, but that's a very long drive. Yeah, that's like, was it like a summer trip? Like, but I yeah, guess. That was um, interesting. I did like the episode. I am really excited to continue to watch. Yeah, there are so many great episodes. Um, so in this one... The fact that uh, we find out that Little Pete is a serial killer because um, he's murdering someone. <laughs> With the, the uh, garage door opener. Yeah, I Were was you like, excited to see Danny Chamberelli from um, from Mighty Ducks? Um, no. <laughs> I love the first one, but I'm all about the second Mighty Ducks. That is, that is the like, godfather, too, of yeah, it's kids' just, sports I mean, it's movies. like Sister Act 2. It's like Wait, oh, you, you like Back in the Habit more than you like the original? Yes. What? I don't even know. I like didn't even realize that Sister Act 2 was a sequel. 
until years later. I was like, wait, there's like another one. And then I watched it. I was like, oh, yeah, that- I love the second one. It is one of my favorite movies. When Broad City had her on and they did like the Joyful Joyful um, kind of rendition at the Oh, my God, my heart. Wait, who did Brad City have on Whoopi? Did they have Whoopi? Whoopi, they had Whoopi, and they did like the like the, at the end. I think at um, yeah, I can't remember her name right now. I'm blinking at uh, her job at her telemarketing job. Oh, Alana Glazer. <laughs> yeah, Alana's job yeah. is uh, so good. <laughs> yeah, I so um, I just remember that uh, Abby and Alana were on um, uh, lip sync battle and. <laughs> Abby Jacobson did the Humpty Dance. That makes sense for her. <laughs> yep. So that one. So this episode, um, did you also recognize Big Pete is from a classic Christmas movie? Kevin, you're such a disease. Yes. <laughs> He's home alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so he, uh, Big Pete, I always, I was like, eh. I was all about Little Pete because Little Pete's best friend, one of them is Harriet the Spy, but the other one is Gerald Gardner, 145 pounds from heavyweights. Oh. Yeah, his best friend is Mud and Chops McGee. And I thought you were going to say the tattoo. <laughs> uh, well, Petunia, yes, of course. <laughs> like this show, I, could, I've, I have... the first two seasons so what happened was Viacom released the first two seasons and then there was a merger with Paramount and the third season never came out on DVD and Mm -hmm. when I was working for Viacom I was so tempted to like to be like hey can I go (laughs) into the archive and can I not steal but make copies of season three. It's only I mean, fair. You have my money. I mean, come on. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I was like, why aren't they on Paramount Plus? But yeah, the- I have so many issues with Paramount Plus, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my least favorite streaming service. It's becoming my favorite, actually. It's just. Uh... I mean, the the only reason I keep it, well, kept it, it renewed all the, you know, every time you just put an annual, you put your card and it keeps renewing till you die. But Drag Race is on there. Okay. But then for my birthday, I got the actual like WoW Presents Plus, which is every drag. It's only Drag Race. So now okay. I just have Paramount for nothing. <laughs> well, I, I have, I used Paramount Plus for Star Trek. So all things Star Trek and Star Trek Lower Decks is like... A dream come true for me. Um, but yeah, it makes no sense that this is not on. Is Keenan and Kel on? They, I don't know if it's on Paramount, but I just saw it on Netflix. Okay. All right. But yeah, th- this episode, Pete falls in love with a girl after two seconds. And mm-hmm. the way they talk is not how people talk talk i wrote down like i wish i had big pete's confidence <laughs> yeah he's, he just, he's got he david spade big d energy <laughs> yeah yeah definitely david spade in the 90s now always yeah it's like it's like who do you think you are pete davidson like <laughs> oh, nobody could reach that level yeah bd yep 
He's but yeah, I was BDE like, really bad. <laughs> I was like, he just walked up to her. Who, like, what teenager? Even if you're like freaking Brad Pitt, the teenagers has that confidence. It's wild to me. Yeah, he's wild. like trying to be Ferris Bueller, but he's not Ferris Bueller. Yeah, I was like, but I also in that scene, I was like, this. A uh, rest stop is very sketchy, <laughs> and I would not have stopped there. Yeah, as, as someone who has made TV shows and movies before, it's clear that they could only get a permit <laughs> for, like, a truck stop for, like, two hours. And it definitely looked very California, because I always, like, when we moved from California to here and we were driving, California rest stops look like murder zones. <laughs> But like here in Virginia, there's one that I want a vacation at. It's got like a nice barbecue set up. It's got this nice like, I I'm like, what are these facilities? Because like the one we stopped in right before we left California, there was like something dead for yeah. sure in the air. Yeah. yeah Human? Animal? Don't know. Growing up as a kid, we would always uh, go away to either the Cape or New Hampshire. And on our way to New Hampshire, the rest stops there there's one that is so beautiful and there's like a 1950s diner in the middle of it it's like where the hell did this come from like like, like this I, is the spot yeah i imagine like turning around after like having like the best meal of my life and it not being there anymore <laughs> you're like oh god <laughs> but like oh, no it's yeah, when when I think of like rest stops, I think like oh, there might be a restaurant there or some sort of like visitor center. They literally just pulled off to the side of the road, and there is a picnic table, underpass, like a few some patch of grass, <laughs> a murderer <laughs> or two. That was like a little, but then like then they're then they go and like they have little Pete has to pee. They all stop to pee, and mom just like wanders away until dark, and nobody is worried about her. Yeah, like, he has to shoot a flare off into the air. I was like, she could have been dead. Well, and they're she, just she's like, she's got a metal plate in her head. I mean, you could still kill somebody. No, according to well, yes, but according <laughs> to the show, like she can contact the police through the metal plate in her. Oh, it's her yeah. cell phone. Yeah, pretty or much. Her, I guess yeah. flip phone at the time. Yeah, mm -hmm. I love how Pete is writing on like sonnets. <laughs> yeah, like honestly, if, if Miss Miss Perfect, because Mister and Miss Mister Mrs. Perfect, and then their daughter perfect at um <laughs> and then the little girl who is not little scarlett johansson from all the pretty uh, uh from the horse <laughs> whisperer um like if i saw someone if i met someone on the road and we kept bumping into them and then that person that girl wrote sonnets on a car for me <laughs> i would be like hey Guess what's happening now? I'm getting a restraining order. <laughs> but if she was like perfect, if it was Marissa Tomei, like, maybe. are we talking like uh, 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 a different world, Marissa Tomei, or? <laughs> yeah, she's gonna be like a, like a younger Marissa Tomei, like yes, because you're younger. We don't want yeah. <laughs> but but yeah. Uh... No, if she was still writing sonnets on on this in mud, and possibly like that—that's not just mud that he's writing. There's probably shit in there too. Like, 
dead bugs, yeah, carcasses. It's it's probably disgusting. I don't know. There's something about like the fantasy. I always was well. My family never went on a vacation, but you always saw on shows like everyone like the teen would always find somebody to like hook up with or have like a little summer fling with. And I was always like, oh, that'd be so cool. <laughs> you mean Miss Stacy Carosi from Say by the Bell? Yes, they do it. They actually they did an animated episode of Pen Fifteen, and they. Because it was pandemic, they were pregnant, they couldn't do anything. So they did that, and it was like their vacation romances. <laughs> and I was like, oh, they know, they know. Yeah, but yes, Miss Stacy Carosi. Like, <laughs> it's it's weird that they like started out the entire series with this episode, and then they have <laughs> to let you know that like because Pete and Pete started out as mini shorts on Nickelodeon. Like in between programming, and then they did a summer special to see if people would watch it, um, called "How I Spent My Summer Vacation," and it was like Mr. Tasty, the ice cream guy, disappears. Mm-hmm. And then this was the first episode, and they had to establish that Pete's platonic female friend, Ellen, her, her name. Yep, was not his girlfriend so that he could basically creep on this perfect girl also she shows like how snobbish she is like as soon as he like him and his family start you know derobing <laughs> yeah the look on her face is like ugh but like I, that wasn't I guess getting fully naked, but I'd be like, if you turn and it's like summertime and somebody has their shirt off, if it's a male, I guess, if it was like the mom, I saw her boobs, I'd be like, whoa, but like a a boy or like a kid, I'd be like, okay, it's hot in the car. I wouldn't be disgusted. Yeah, the look on her face is like, oh, gross. Well, they were like singing in French and so they were very fancy. I wouldn't, the way Mr. Perfect was driving I'm pretty sure that family was like a family of serial killers. <laughs> yeah, they're like very straight back, creepy. And he was driving in the middle of the road like a fucking psychopath. Well, none of the car safety here. <laughs> I yeah. mean, Big Pete was turned around. There was no seatbelts. The dads, their dads were climbing on the cars. Yeah, that was at the one other point thing. naked. <laughs> I would, I would have loved for when they're on top of the roof, you just see Miss perfect or mrs perfect hit a speed bump and then you just see mr perfect go underneath the tires <laughs> it's gonna be like in the air like <laughs> yeah he goes over the front goes under the tires <laughs> that man is fucking dead <laughs> like this is when Pete and Pete, yeah i did think this was a very interesting episode to kick off a series it's like a first it hooks one you. yeah it, did- i mean i liked it it was very like I like the um, the narration, so it's very Wonder Years. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get the, me they like that. They did that on purpose. What did you think <laughs> of the theme song? I like the theme song. It's so good. See, I have no like connection to it too. Like, so it's not gonna be one of my top tens of the '90s, but it's good. I mean, it's it's a flat out music video. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. But it's. Yeah, I know someone who saw single. them. So so they they are like another Letters to Cleo type of band who disappeared after having a minor success. But then I f- 2003 or 2004, they showed up at a bar in in Boston in uh, Cambridge 
and they started playing and I had a friend who was there and they're like, we're taking requests from Pete and Pete. And he's like, play summer baby. And, (laughs) and he put his guitar on the guy and started playing the guitar over the person. The person's like, this is the greatest night of my life. Like the band, the whole band just, they just showed up at a bar and they just started playing and they're like, you're Polaris. Hmm. Yeah. You didn't like go. I wasn't friends with the that person at the time. Like it was a, mm. someone I met in in college. And, Later, yeah, and they told me that like when they were in high school, um, their their family owned a bar, and they Oscar owned this so bar. I a bar, high school. <laughs> he he worked in his family's bar. Gotcha. <laughs> but then Polaris shows up. Like that. That's that's like almost a Simpsons episode. <laughs> it's very like yeah it's it's like a movie moment yeah um so last episode of snack it's 9 30 it's almost time for nick at night (laughs) yeah i love lucy is right around the corner um so i my final choice is a little program the better program than goosebumps are you afraid of the dark (laughs) which what would this episode say in TV Guide? Hmm. D- a question first. Did you grow up watching Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yes, I did. Okay. I watched it at 5 p.m. <laughs> because it's too scary at 9.30. <laughs> well, it was just, well in the fall, though, when it got dark early, oh, my God, that was <laughs> some scary stuff. Because <laughs> I was going to ask, I was going to be like, are you a member of the Midnight Society? I always wanted to be, but I have questions about the Midnight Society we'll get to. <laughs> so this one, it was the the final wish. Yes. Final wish. So TV Guide would say, they would probably, oh God, let me think of this one, because they wouldn't have much. <laughs> They'd be like, oh, be careful what you wish for. That's probably <laughs> all it would say. I know that's what they would be like. I think it would say something like... It's not a happily ever after always, or is it? (laughs) Yeah, it would be like, the Midnight Society makes their final wish, or something like that. They're all dead. (laughs) So I made the mistake... What if these were ghosts? Okay, so that's what I was about to say. (laughs) Do you remember the movie Campfire Tales? Mm -mm, Mm-mm, mm-mm. Okay, so... Sounds spooky. I made the mistake of, as a kid, thinking that I used to be terrified of Are You Afraid of the Dark because of the movie Campfire Tales. Mm. Um, because I thought that Are You Afraid of the Dark, when it was premiering, was Campfire Tales. I accidentally turned on HBO um, as a kid, and Campfire Tales was on. And it's about four people, two girls and two boys, telling Campfire Tales around um a fire and it's an anthology movie like it's like twilight's on the movie and they're all fucking dead at the end spoiler alert you find out that they got into a car accident and they're dead so Mm. i was always terrified that that's what like that's how are you for the dark was gonna end i mean that would be a good ending did you notice anyone famous in this episode besides bobcat 
Oh, yeah, not Alicia Silverstone from the Clueless series. Rachel, Rachel Blanchard. Blanchard. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe I remember. I wrote down the name and then I was like, let me check IMDb and make sure I'm right. And I was like, I knew it because that has such a good theme song, the Clueless show. Yeah. So I was obsessed with her in a little movie called Sugar and Spice. Okay. I do, Do you remember that Is it the cheerleading one? one? That was the bank robbing cheerleading one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the cover very well. It has a very iconic cover. Yeah. With the the Stacey doll. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I remember her from that because her character in that, her parents wouldn't let her watch anything she came from a very conservative christian family and they wouldn't let her watch anything except for pg movies so when they're supposed to be watching uh like heat and like other bank robbing movies she's watching the apple dumpling game oh. <laughs> which doesn't that come with like a little um disclaimer on disney plus is that one of the ones that do <laughs> one of the old timey movies yeah that do. <laughs> all of the don not knots ones do <laughs> It's like, I'm sorry. This is so bad. (laughs) It's like, it's really inappropriate. They say words that you shouldn't say anymore. Yeah, I saw, I remembered her right away from the Clueless series. Yeah, that's why I'm kind of glad that like Bad News Bears is on Paramount Plus because if it was on uh, (laughs) Disney Plus, it would be like, yeah, a little boy says the C word. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Disclaimer. Yeah, but I, I, when I was watching this, I was like, why are all these kids friends? They don't look like they hang out at school. But then I remembered, like, Saved by the Bell. Why was Screech their friend? And then what other show? Oh, very recess, too. Like, their friends didn't, the circle didn't make sense. Yeah. But they come together. Well, Breakfast Club. Yeah. Well, they were, they were forced, but then they became friends. But yeah, the Midnight Society, maybe they met in a club or something. But I thought, these kids, they don't go together. <laughs> yeah, because you have their leader who I always thought was Jason Schwartzman. <laughs> the, the glasses? Yeah, like, yeah, because I remember as a kid, I saw the trailer for Rushmore. And I was like, oh, man, that's the guy from the Midnight Society. And then I, I was like, no, that's Jason Schwartzman. <laughs> His mom is Talia Shire. Um, But I I just remember this episode specifically because one of my favorite, like, comedians, and I've met him so many times now, is Bobcat Goldway. I love Bobcat. And, like, he kind of talks like this in real life, but he's not, like, crazy. (laughs) Like, he doesn't do that in real life. But in this, he, you could tell this was, like, the height of, this was what, 92, 93? This was the height of Bobcat on cocaine. <laughs> it was such... Oh, my God. This episode it was wild. I, it was like a 13-year-old girl who still loves fairy tales, and everybody's telling her she's acting like a baby, and then she gets stuck in a fairy tale of sorts. She gets stuck in a fucking David Cronenberg nightmare. Like It, it was like... <laughs> Yeah, but the set looked like a school play. <laughs> it was very low budget. <laughs> so I found out that the reason why, uh, what's his name, Ryan Gosling was in an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark and Goosebumps, because they filmed on like the same sound stage in Vancouver. Oh. So I was like, that. So they are literally doing the same show. 
in the same location. Like, is this like a weird tax break thing where like Nickelodeon gets a cut and Fox Kids gets a cut? <laughs> For sure. And they were like clipping coupons together. <laughs> I So in this episode, this little girl. So another way you know they filmed this in Canada is when she apologizes, what does she say? She doesn't, sorry? Yeah, she doesn't <laughs> say sorry. She says sorry. 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 Mary Degrassi. <laughs> yeah. Who's the boots some fun, eh? I love a boot. <laughs> I wish at one point when they're teasing her for not liking boys, I wish she would just be like, "Ah, stop being such a knob, eh? <laughs> uh, th- her f- friends, in quote, quote, unquote, they were so mean. Yeah, her friends needed to get like tossed out a window or something. I was like, Jesus Christ. What's I, I... wrong with liking books? Like... <laughs> Yeah, there's nothing wrong with liking literature. Like, she's going to get, like, a perfect score in her SATs, and they're going to be, like, you know, doing whippets behind the roller rink. Like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, it's not like she had a book bag full of, like, Dr. Seuss. They were, like, actual book books. And, like, grim fairy tales back then, like, like, people were cutting off toes and shit. Like... Yeah, they mentioned that, like, at the beginning, they're like, you know how crazy, like, original fairy tales were, dude? And I was like, yeah, I mean, they're wild. Well, I would have loved for them to be like, well, how about you read this version of The Little Mermaid? And they're like, oh, my God, she turns into fucking foam. (laughs) I was going to say, The Little Mermaid is one that sticks out. I'm like, girl. She does. Which, the trailer for The Little Mermaid should be out soon. Yeah, oh, the trailer that I'm dying to see is for Brendan Fraser's The Whale. Yeah, I keep hearing so much about that. They're like, he gained like 600, he gained 300 pounds or or a a ridiculous amount of weight. And it's like, I gotta see what he looks like. (laughs) Yeah, you only see the one picture. And the fact that like he might win an Oscar, which I have called on this podcast so many times. Like (laughs) this movie got delayed so many times. For the last year and a half, I've been like, Brendan Fraser's going to win an Oscar this year. Brendan Fraser's going to win an Oscar this year. <laughs> now the movie's final, finally coming out. Brendan Fraser's going to win an Oscar this year. It's if happening. Colin Farrell doesn't beat him. What's he in? Uh, he's in the new Martin McDonough movie, uh, uh, The Banshees of um, Enish Nock. It, it's... it's takes place in Ireland, but like mm-hmm. you can tell he's gonna be the competition for Brendan Fraser. I feel like the the Twitter stands are gonna go hard for Brendan Fraser. <laughs> I love Brendan Fraser. I have I my wife and I we have a Rick O'Connell Funko Pop. <laughs> oh I just like I mean George of the Jungle is a sexual experience <laughs> awakening. So <laughs> I mean wow <laughs> wow Kendra I uh, mean God that that shouldn't have been for children's eyes that body. well there, there's literally a scene in that movie where he comes out fully naked out of a shower and you can see you can see not only his butt but you can see like the outline that leads it, the it's root. Like, yeah the, the arrow <laughs> the trail yes leading to your womanhood. <laughs> Blossoming, but yeah, 
But yeah, back to this little girl. <laughs> she probably saw that movie, and that's what made her grow up at the end. Yeah, she, she all she gets is Bobcat go away. <laughs> that was, I mean, somebody out there has to like him in that way. I but, mean, Hercules, was he your favorite part of Hercules? As Pain and Panic? <laughs> yeah. Remember when all the girls were named Brittany and all the boys were named Jason? <laughs> and they had the little sandals. Oh, that movie's so good. <laughs> yeah. I like them. And I mean, Meg's my probably my favorite Disney female. So. Belle and Jasmine. I love Belle, but I like Meg just has like my favorite song. <laughs> One of my favorite songs, but Beauty and the Beast. So. I, I'm calling it right now. If Hercules, the live action one, does not cast Lizzo as one of the muses. Oh, for she's definitely got the contract signed. She ha- like, be, they, they passed her up for being Ursula. Like she needs to be playing that muse who is in love with Hercules. I would have loved to see a drag queen as Ursula just because it is based on Divine. Mm-hmm. So they should have kept with that. But we'll see I would have loved to see as- Titus Burgess. <laughs> yeah. Is he in it? Is he in no. it? Is, oh. No, but is I did I I saw him in the Broadway version of it. Uh where he so for one week it was his final week as Sebastian the Crab and oh. then he went directly to Guys and Dolls. So one month I saw him in March as Sebastian and then, you know, four months later I saw him in Guys and Dolls as Nicely Nicely Johnson. <laughs> The fact that he never won an Emmy for Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt is criminal. Yeah. I, they need to make up with it, and they need to give him one for Central Park. Is he? I remember saying, but God, that character, it's just one of those characters. Like, I need to rewatch. That's a show I'm going to rewatch soon. It's oh God, it's so funny. <laughs> Titus Does a Lemonade is probably the best episode of that series. <laughs> When he wears the baby slut shirt, <laughs> or when he or he has the corn, <laughs> everything about that. But in this episode, going back to the episode, so I never heard of Tales of the Sandman. Was this like created just for the show? Um, I mean, I've heard of like the Sandman coming and putting you to sleep. I. But- I- all I, I can think of is Neil book. Gaiman's The Sandman comic book. Like, yeah, I've like it's kind of like um like a tooth fairy type thing to me. Yeah. So I didn't know it was a story of sorts. There's a whole book. <laughs> I will say that I can't wait for the episode of Crush Gasm where you have someone on who has a huge crush on the guy who plays Sandman on the TV show. Um, I don't know, not yet. I've had two Power Rangers in the last month. <laughs> have you seen the new Sandman TV show? No, I watched like a YouTuber that explains things to me, and I was like, okay, let's see if I'll, I'll like it. And then I was so confused because <laughs> obviously have, I didn't watch the show. You have to watch the show. I'm, I'll have to watch it. Like Haley and I were watching it, and I was like, this man is way too pretty. <laughs> like, I'm like, this man is a beautiful man. <laughs> Oh, then I'll probably like it. I do like a pretty man. I'm really into the he's boys very, right now. He's very soft-spoken, too. Mm-hmm. He, he does the whisper talking. Mm-hmm. I'm going to check it out. Yeah. Check it out. But the boys is my thing right now. I had mm-hmm. to stop watching this season of the boys because of the sneeze. <laughs> In the first episode? Yeah. 
Like I'm like I I'm gonna step away for a few months. I'll come back to it later. Get back to it. <laughs> yeah, but like, uh, no. As a guy, <laughs> that's like that's the biggest fear. <laughs> Bigger than like falling asleep in Bobcat being the Sandman in your dreams and keeping you honestly. There. <laughs> I love Bobcat so much. Like. <laughs> Like, um, I'll post it on the Instagram, but I have a photo of me and him meeting at a movie. Uh, I went to the premiere of one of his movies at the Boston Film Festival. And, like, he was so cool. He, he I told him that, like, you know, I'm an, a, a young filmmaker at the time. Um, and he's like, oh, well, good luck. And, like, he took a photo with me and... Dana Gould was there at the premiere too and like I love Dana Gould as well so like it was the greatest night and Bobcat was so kind and so nice and you know I I absolutely love him I think he is the greatest because you are a walking IMDb I'm gonna ask you there is this scene I don't know if it's like a show or a movie but he's in it and he's like he has like a neighbor. I feel like it's a trailer park, and somebody's like dressing fish, and he like he's like stop dressing the fish. Oh, uh, that's the one with where he has the horse, right? Hot to trot. Okay, I'm gonna write that down because that is like one of me and one. my mom just like quote that to each other, but I can't remember it's like e- it's either that or one crazy summer with Cusack. Because okay. Hot to Trot is the one where he plays a jockey and his horse is voiced by John Candy. And then One Crazy Summer is him and John Cusack um, in Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> it makes no yeah, fucking like sense. There's somebody dressing fish. That's all I remember. I think but it's One Crazy Summer. Like... I think it's One Crazy Summer now that I think about it. But but it could also be Hot to Trot. I'll have to check those out and yeah but i love bobcat in this like this is you can tell how much cocaine he was probably on he had a little too much sand yes yeah because like like the the scene where he's like sprinkling the sand in his face or sniffing the sand i'm like yeah And, do you think that's why they cast him in this role i went on a bobcat rabbit hole i found out in the research for this episode, he dated Nikki Cox from 1997 until 2005. She she has some taste, doesn't she? <laughs> she went from him to Jay Moore. I'm saying she has some taste, doesn't she? That's interesting um, dating history for her. <laughs> like... She was like, ooh, that bunny's got a sexy voice. Well, that's where she met him. That's the crazy. Because he was doing the voice. So this is where we have our second unhappily ever after person. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, WB 1995. All the rage. Unhappily ever after. (laughs) I mean, for anyone who doesn't know, Unhappily Ever After was a 90s sitcom to compete with Married with Children. It was about a married couple who was constantly on the brink of divorce and the father had schizophrenia ha 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 <laughs> jesus christ like that's not funny to make fun of like 
that's what the show was about. He had schizophrenia and he had a talking stuffed rabbit. Which that was belo- voiced by that was voiced by Bobcat <laughs> Goldway, or as Bobcat calls himself, Bob Scratch Goldfart. Um, <laughs> and Nikki Cox was his hot daughter. Yeah, she she played Kelly Bundy. And, and have- do you remember who who played the Bud Bundy role? That was Entourage. That was Kevin Conley. <laughs> and, and then, then Reese from Malcolm Reese in the Middle. Was, was young Bud Bundy. Like, they had two yeah. Bud Bundys. Seven, we'll call him. Yeah. The oh, missing God, Bundy. <laughs> Which, you know who played Seven's dad? Mm-mm. It was Bobcat. Oh. <laughs> oh, full circle. But yeah, Bob, Bobcat in this episode is surprisingly good, even though he's doing the, the Bobcat voice. This is 92, 93. Mm-hmm. He's already directed his first movie at this point. I wonder how they scored. I mean, even, I mean, he's like a big git at the time. Yeah, this this would have been like getting. Uh, this would be like getting Kevin Hart on your show now. Like, he was he was the highest selling comedian at this point, and he like was a movie star too. Nickelodeon had pull. I, I think it was the fact because Nickelodeon was owned by Paramount. They were just shoot, he was probably shooting on the same lot. Yeah, he was probably doing over. Police Academy Mission to Moscow. Like he was probably like doing Gosling. one, of the, or he was probably doing Scrooged. Yeah, this would be around Scrooged. So find out where it was filmed. Probably just walked him over. Yeah, <laughs> but like this is Bobcat like scary bobcat he's got the long scraggly hair he's got the beard like this this him doing the entire story of the sandman is kind of disturbing yeah he wants to keep her and her loved ones in this like the nod is what they yeah, call it in the land of nod <laughs> land of and nod. then she escapes and then you find out she's not escaped it's like it's like a Guillermo del Toro movie. Yeah, I was like, wait, so was it a dream? Oh my God, it's so spooky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's going to like murder her. I was like, I don't Yeah, Are You Afraid of the Dark definitely was like, it was actually scary. Like, I remember there was episodes like the bowling alley one, the pool one's infamous. So the like, one that I almost originally picked, my favorite one that scared the crap out of me is the pinball one also scary the one where they're in the mall and then you find out they're not in a mall they're in a fucking pinball machine Mm -hmm. and as someone who loves playing pinball that (laughs) fucked me up as a kid there's also the one where you go to like a restaurant and they like like your fear or something yeah you eat your fear Mm -hmm. yeah they had like are you afraid the dark riders were very twisted once again cocaine (laughs) like what do we make these kids do this week (laughs) Yeah, like 90s Snick, like, so the episode ends with basically you find out that, like, this girl's going to get murdered pretty much, and <laughs> and then uh, Cher Horowitz is like, you better be nice to me, everyone, or you're going to end up in the land of Nod. Um, but, like, Snick to me was everything. Like, if there was a sleepover, if I was having friends over, we would watch Snick. We would eat 
terrible food. Did you have like a snick meal that you would watch and eat? Probably um, in the 90s, a Tony's frozen pizza was like my go-to if mom's not home. Or my mom would like get us McDonald's on a Friday night. So being a fat kid, it was like a 20-piece nugget, a bucket of fries, a big old orange soda, and my sweet and sour sauce. <laughs> Wait, it was McDonald's, so it wasn't orange soda. It was... I call it orange soda. It was, <laughs> it was high C. It was the high C. So my go-to meal was bucket of KFC, two orders of mashed potatoes, <laughs> all the biscuits, and then microwave popcorn and raisinets. Mm, those biscuits. And then a coronary for a seven-year-old. <laughs> Childhood diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved a Tony's pizza. Mm. If I couldn't have McDonald's in the 90s. But I had McDonald's recently. Disappointed. I had it today. <laughs> and... But so I always would order before Sam Jackson from Kingsman stole my order. I would always order the two cheeseburgers with Big Mac sauce. Mm -hmm. And I had that today with a small six piece nugget, a uh, four piece nugget. And I was like, this, this doesn't feel the same. This I I don't know like it was I felt like the fries were also smaller than they usually were because Which of was... supersize me because of that fucking movie Morgan Spurlock what did you do to America well <laughs> ruined it the, the, the funny thing is he's like oh it's destroying my body what they didn't tell you is he was smoking like two packs a day and he was an alcoholic <laughs> see you didn't see that part of the documentary yeah, I mean, I eat McDonald's. I'm a pretty healthy person, and I eat McDonald's growing up all the time. Yeah. Fast food life. <laughs> but now, yeah, it just didn't... It, I mean, the nuggets, I mean, the taste of McDonald's does not change. Maybe it's just like we're older now. And I not think having it's a because I learned place. how to cook. That too. <laughs> like, so, so I literally try to... I, I made... I have a pizza stone. I made pizza on the pizza stone tonight. I have a walk, so I make my own Chinese food from scratch. Like, I, it's not the same anymore. Yeah. I should have never learned how to cook. I should have never <laughs> saw the movie Chef. <laughs> my yeah, my perfect snack meal is, is gone to hell now. Well, now you can cook a burger. <laughs> yeah. And I don't, I don't uh, do microwave popcorn anymore because apparently it causes cancer. Um, I don't have a microwave anymore. Yeah, I just do popcorn on the stove. So my mom thinks it's like sacrilegious. She's like, "You sure you don't want one for Christmas?" Because that's all the she same cooks way on. Because we don't have one either. We we have an air fryer. Yeah, I'm like, no, it's good. Like, I don't really. I just put it in the oven, or I'll cook it on the stove top. Are you sure? I don't. I mean, you want one? I'll get you one. I'm like, mom, no, I don't want a microwave. <laughs> no, the air fryer is the greatest thing. Mm -hmm, yeah. A... So. Do you, other than the stuff we talked about, do you remember a show from Snick that like you miss? I I loved all that. I did. I love the musical performances, which Paramount didn't get the rights to, so you can't see those. But I I think Keenan 
Thompson is just an American treasure. Mm -hmm. I love that we've gotten to see him just be the best like sketch comedy person ever. And he's hosting the Emmys. Yeah, like he, oh my God, he warms my heart. But I I loved all that. I thought it was just so funny and creative. I love the Spice Boys was probably my favorite skit of it. But I mean, Snick led to Nick at Night, which I loved just as much. (laughs) Yeah, I remember, so I remember early Snick with Roundhouse. Oh, my friend Joseph, shout out. He loves that. <laughs> Roundhouse is great. Um, Ren and Stimpy. So so I was like, do I had to go with Are You For The Dark. I'm like, do I go with Pete and Pete or do I go with Ren and Stimpy? And do I do Log? I'm like, I gotta go with Pete and Pete. You know what? I don't like Ren and Stimpy. I don't like it either, but like that was Snick to me. Like growing up, did you ever rent from like a video store? The they had the Snick VHS of like it had different episodes. No, I never had that one. Yeah, so it was cool. an episode of Ren and Stimpy, an episode of Clarissa, a Pete and Pete, and a uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Mm. And I, I would always fast forward through Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> It was just, I remember like we didn't have cable at the time and I saw it at a babysitter's house and I was like, this is too much. <laughs> it's like seven. I was like, this is too gross. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Not for me. But I think like Snick kind of, I think Disney gave them a run for their money when they started doing those Disney Channel original movies on Saturday nights. Which one was the one that always hooked you? For Disney Channel? hmm Oh, Z- I think Xenon. Phantom of the Megaplex. You would pick a movie one. (laughs) I I think that one, I mean, that and Johnny Tsunami were my my jams. Oh, it was was Xenon because Protozoa was, I mean, that song's so good. But Luck of the Irish was my other one because Ryan Merriman, oh my God, (laughs) dreamy. (laughs) I thought, uh, which one did he do first? Did he do that or Smart Smart. House? He did Smart House first, but it wasn't cute in that one, so... (laughs) (laughs) He wasn't he getting killed by a roller coaster. Oh, and motor, mo- well, Brink, because Eric Von Detten. That was the original Disney Channel movie. No, it's Halloween Town. No, no, I'm sorry, Under was, Wraps first. Well, no. Under Wraps was the unofficial one. But then, when they started doing it every month, it was it went Brink, then it went to Halloween Town, because Brink was September, mm. Halloween Town was October, and November was Johnny Tsunami. Talk about, I mean, Halloween Town's good too. It's got such a cult following, but I mean, it's, it's good. And they fired her in the second one. I know, replaced her, but she's still, I mean, she's marrying the guy, the like bad guy from it. Really? In real life? Yeah, like they're together. That's Calabar, not right. Son. That's not right. <laughs> yeah, it's, so, it's I'm going back to Snick. <laughs> yeah, I, I did love Decal. I mean, Saturday nights. In the 90s, you couldn't beat it, if yeah. whether you were a Disney kid or Nickelodeon kid. I wonder if that's why they put Disney Channel next to Nickelodeon, so if you were bored with Snick, you would just go to Disney Channel. Yeah, I mean, if you were, like, not into Ren and Stimpy, or maybe all that didn't have the musical guest you wanted that week or something. <laughs> I love how all that gave you a choice of, you know, three performers. You can either watch TLC, Coolio, <laughs> or LL Cool J. 
I mean, they got some pretty good ones. I mean, my favorite, obviously, Backstreet Boys were on. I remember oh, I don't remember Backstreet Boys. My favorite one was when Missy, Miss Demina, I mean, they got like she did super duper fly. <laughs> they were getting top tier freaking people. It's wild. Yeah, and you know, it was basically they were just filming when they performed at City Walk. <laughs> That's literally what they were doing. Nickelodeon cutting corners and costs. Just get them while they're here. <laughs> Ryan yeah. Gosling's over there. Get them. <laughs> so, Kendra, thanks for doing this. Mm-hmm. What do you want to promote? Um, just Crushgasm. You can crushgasmpodcast.com. New episodes every Wednesday. And we have some cool, got some spooky crushes coming up for the fall. <laughs> Villains. A movie maker that about a it's a movie about a cryptid, but he picked a Power Ranger, so not too spooky of a crush. But he's a spooky person. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been on it. I talked about Jenny Lewis. Um, yeah, check out Crushgasm. You know, it makes you feel nostalgic. And you know, Kendra is going to be on. So I. And bringing back the miniseries with Christopher Brown. We're doing When Scary Met Stabby. We're doing the new season of that. And Kendra's going to be on for that. Um, and I have Hell is a Musical. You can find all of those on social media and on the Zero Science Network. And uh, just remember, all month long, we are doing Not Your Average Saturday Morning. And next is our 200th episode. So so we have another music video extravaganza for that. We will be posting on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter what the music videos are are if you want to, you know, follow along with us. Um, Kendra, once again, thanks for doing this. Thanks for being on the season premiere. Thank you for having me. Until next time, I'm Scott Curlin. Bye. (laughs)